This episode is brought to you by Shuggies. Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. <laughs> so Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar. And you can use Shuggies wherever you would want something to be a little sweeter, like stir it into your coffee in the morning or brew up a batch of lemonade on a hot summer afternoon. That sounds so refreshing. Mm. I would use it in baking. Oh, what would you make? Right now, I'm kind of into snickerdoodles, if I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like they're them. the, yeah, right? Like nobody remembers them. And every time I see one, I'm so pleased. So I'm trying to find a really good snickerdoodle recipe right now. Yeah, make a fat snickerdoodle and put some shuggies on it and call it a shuggy doodle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Check them out at shuggies.com. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S.com. Or find them on Instagram at that shuggies feeling. Yeah, that Shuggies feeling. I want that feeling all the time. Yeah, elevate your everyday with Shuggies. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Pretty fun so far. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? Sorry <laughs> about my wet, loud sneeze right when we started recording, and then you were like, we are not leaving that in. Are you allergic to something? <laughs> Maybe. That was gross. <laughs> I put my I put the sneeze into my elbow crook, though. It was juicy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> why Why so loud? Why so juicy? I don't know. I'm a... I don't... I, a, it feels good. Like a sneezing, sneezing feels so good. It feels, I mean, you know, you, it's akin to an orgasm, right? Is like that a, science something or is that just like how you feel about it? I think the relief them? of a sneeze has been compared to the release of an orgasm. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Ooh, I need to get the flu. <laughs> I wish women, like, I wish I felt, I mean, I do let them fly, but I think in general women don't feel entitled to let it fly. Like they, they keep it in, they keep it tight. You know, when you do the like, <laughs> Your eyes bug out. Yeah, and everything gets all tight and bunched, and you it's do. not a release at all. My ex always held her sneezes in, and yeah. it was like a tiny little mouse. Like was it a, cute? Um, yeah, it yeah. was really cute. Yeah. Like, it was like a... Yeah, I remember like thinking it was cute to hold it in at one point, and then realizing that letting it fly feels so much better. Like, the male sneeze, <laughs> the like big, wet, juicy sneeze, feels way better than the, than the sort of like historically or traditionally female, like... It is the sneeze of entitlement, isn't it? Sure. Like a privileged <laughs> sneeze. The male sneeze is so privileged. Big juicy sneeze. Look at me. Uh-huh. I am loud and powerful. Yeah. I love... Oh, that's wild. It's, you know, a public juicy sneeze is pretty gross, though, I will say. Just you even talking about the female to male sneeze <laughs> is fascinating. You did put it in the crook of your elbow, which I appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta like cover that, but don't don't hold it in. Like cover and let fly. Yes. Put a put it like it's like a sneeze condom. <laughs> Your elbow is a sneeze condom. Uh huh. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's so brilliant. <laughs> um. Well, uh, welcome to Weed and Grub. Welcome everybody. to Weed and Grub, home of the male sneeze, I guess, <laughs> and the female sneeze. Uh huh. Why all not sneezes. just a sneeze? All sneezes welcome. We are inclusive when it comes to sneezing, huh? We are sneeze inclusive. It's true. <laughs> This is a podcast about uh, cannabis, comedy, culture, cooking, and calling shit out. 
like me saying your weird sneeze is like a little unacceptable. It really is. Yeah. Wow. Thank Wet. you. You're welcome. <laughs> I've never thought about it because I have. I've always let them fly because they feel so. The the release is amazing. Yeah, it feels great, doesn't it? That sort of like total like you know when your butt muscles unclench a little bit and like everything just gets all nice and loose for a second and you feel like you're floating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where do you hold in a sneeze? Have you done it at like the symphony or an opera or anything like oh, that? Oh, sure. Or the worst part is when you're like when I was on stage at one point, there was a, a horrible situation where I had to be like very quiet and very sort of backgroundy in a very serious moment in a very serious show. And I had to sneeze so badly and I thought I was going to pass out. It was maybe the worst five minutes of my life. <laughs> you can feel the tickle in the back of your throat. You can feel that. Like that, I don't even know what the pressure is at between your nose yeah. and the, your tear ducts. And you're holding it in so much that you start seeing stars, like your eyes start to sparkle a little bit, you know, like just before you black out and you're like, oh my God, it's full of stars. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really uncomfortable, but I made it through. And Mark of impressive. a professional. Damn right. <laughs> my character does not sneeze. Yeah, hire me. I will not sneeze in the background of your very important show. I want to hear people's sneezes stories. Yeah. Send us your the, sneeze stories. When was the grossest time you sneezed publicly? Yeah. Oh, I've had some snot dangling. Oh. That's uh, wintertime sneezing is oh. chaos. Yeah. Like a Chicago sneeze? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Chicago, a good Chicago deep dish sneeze. Mm-hmm. Midwinter Chicago sneeze. Because you do that one on your elbow condom. And <laughs> when you pull away, you're like, I, if I, everyone's going to see what that what just happened when i pull away from this oh, like yeah. the the murder scene on my coat and you've got the extra sort of complication of like the beard entanglement oh, going on this is on. getting gross yeah, but it is also very gross yeah in montreal when i was living in montreal i used to get the like frozen you know the frozen nose yeah. the nose freeze where like you sneeze and then it immediately like ices up in your schnoz yes yeah. there was a moment you're reminding me in chicago where Everybody just let everybody slide with that dangling... The nosicle? Nosicle. And everyone had it, and everyone was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell you you've got something here, because we all do. My dad had a really impressive schnoz, and um, he always had a hanky with him. And I always, like, you know, in the winter, I remember he'd, like, he'd, he'd get that nosicle, and he'd always pull out his hanky and wipe it away. What do you think about the hanky? I love the hanky. My dad always had a handkerchief and a pocket knife, and it was just, you know, like... He could do anything with those two things. It doesn't gross you out to save your snot in your pocket? Well, no, because you're not using it for anything else. You're just using it to wipe your nose, and then you're putting it in your pocket and, like, washing it later. It's, you know, I don't think it's gross, no. I, th- I think it's kind of, like, a really cool classic move, actually. Okay. Yeah. I just can't imagine blowing my nose in something and then putting it back in my pocket. Ooh, you just made me think there was a regular at the restaurant that he used to work at that would blow his nose in his napkin and then like crumple it up and put it on his plate. And I was always like, yeah, that's probably the worst of all of the things of the sneezing stories that I've seen. That is. Yeah. And white dude? Yep. (laughs) His male sneeze was very entitled. (laughs) Wow. He'd finish his lobster linguine and his, you know bottle of Bordeaux and blow his nose in his napkin and uh, oh he was a bad tipper too ah oh, the worst <laughs> name names nope <laughs> Peter <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, yeah, don't do that. What my favorite sneeze is the three-peat where you mm. get through two rapid fire and you're like, I got one more in the chamber. Yeah. And it's kind of like a slow build, like the log flume. Yeah. You're going uphill and then it splashes down and that third one just opens up the chest cavity so wide and bright. Do you have the helio, I can't remember the, the name for it, but there is an actual name for when you look at a light, it triggers a sneeze. Do you have that reaction? Uh, no, I always heard something. that was a tip and trick. Yeah, it if, works for if me. If you have a stuck sneeze. Mm -hmm. It totally it, works for me. I can look at a bright light and it'll like trigger it. Wow. Yeah, it feels good. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. I wish I had that. I don't know if I do. I well, can then... also do this. Does that help you sneeze? Like doing, doing like if you, your lips. If you put your finger over your lips, like mm -hmm. that helps you sneeze. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll try it. <laughs> mm -mm. I don't have any of them. Also plucking my eyebrows makes me sneeze. I'm sneezy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sneezy person. That's, you have a lot of orgasm tricks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Mm. Yeah. Is that okay to say? Sure. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Feels great. It's a good release. Okay, cool. <laughs> what else is going on? Well, I don't, I mean, it's not a good segue, but we should talk about Gold Leaf for a second. Oh, yeah. Because so, we're well, rocking I did, them. I wanted to talk about the, because I just got these medical cannabis reference cards from Gold Leaf. So um, they have these amazing cards that explain all sorts of cool stuff. So there's four cards in this pack of the medical cannabis reference cards, dosing, cannabinoids, terpenes, and delivery methods. Look at these things. They're beautiful. And they're sort of little schematics that break everything down for you. So the cannabinoids has... All of the sort of top, you know, CBN, CBG, THC, CBD, all that kind of stuff on there and it explains how they work and how they interact. The terpenes list sort of the top 12 linalool and pinene and myrcene and everything. It's, they're just awesome. This is cool. This is a perfect combination of science and art. Usually when I listen to science, my eyes glaze over because I'm a visual learner. Mm -hmm. So if I can look at a, something like this about cannabis, yeah. have fun with my eyes, I'll learn something a little bit easier. This is really cool. Yeah, they, they uncross okay. your eyes and they, they make, make information interesting. You can get them at shopgoldleaf.com um, and follow them at goldleaf minus the O, so G-L-D-L-E-A-F on Instagram for um, all of their cool stuff. You want to get into Buds of the Week? I do. Okay. I, I mean, we have David Crosby. So, hey. yo, let's get into these buds. Let's do it. You want to go first or second? Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. I would just like to shout out a couple people who have left really great reviews oh. for us on iTunes. Yeah. Thank you for leaving five stars. Thank you for taking the time to write a review. Yeah. And so I want to shout out Papa... Bourgeois? How do you say that? Papa bourgeois. Bourgeois? Yeah. That's how you say bourgeois? Bourgeois. Mm. Ouais. Sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> Papa bourgeois. Papa bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who gave us the top pot top pot award. Oh, five nice. stars and just wrote, this is what podcasting is created for. Get high, get some food, get into it. Thank you so much. This is the easiest pod to put on during my hours in traffic, and it always makes me feel like I'm hanging with my friends. Just wish, just wish they could hear me when I yell back at my stereo. Wow. And I just want to read one more um, from No Knee More Black. None. I am an idiot. None. <laughs> it's No Knee. No Knee More Black. <laughs> None More Black. The weed is working. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's amazing. None more black. This show is 
This show is like having two new friends catch you up on two old friends. Mike is one of the naturally funniest people in comedy. While he's already well-known, he's on the cusp of stardom, and this show is one of the best projects he's working on. I wish I didn't read that one. That's a little too self-serving. <laughs> Wait, but what does it say about me? Thank Nothing. you for the review. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one from Soaping Up, who wrote as the headline, Mary Jane said it best, and this is a quote from you. It's a weird time in the world. Everybody should be good to themselves. Oh, nice. And so then Soaping Up wrote, listen to Mary Jane and be good to yourself. Listen to this highly entertaining podcast. MJ and Mike are easy to listen to and have some hilarious stories. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks, everyone who left reviews. It really does make a difference. It really helps us out with you know people finding our podcast and also just feels great to hear from people and hear what you think. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Weed and Grub. Who's your butt of the week? Claw Money. Yo, Yo, good one. Yeah, check out our episode if you haven't listened to our app with Galaxy Famous Artist Claw Money. She's a legendary graffiti artist turned fashion icon. And she's just the most fun follow on Instagram. And she also has a podcast that I wanted to shout out called Gold Mines, where she interviews all sorts of icons from, you know, fucking cultural importance and hip hop, street art. Yep. She's she's been in the game for a long time and her, her the people that she considers friends yeah. are amazing they're just the fucking coolest and they're the real deal in new york and she came up in the 80s and she's just yeah she's been connected to what's cool for a long time and she's a great listen a great follow and she's so funny on instagram her instagram story is one of my favorite things to scroll through every day it's just she's awesome so what's up claw that's what's up yeah want to move on to our very important bud this week our vib yes david crosby david crosby guys it was so fucking crazy he's the founding member of the birds he has crosby stills nash plus crosby stills nash nash and young he um played a show at the saban theater here in la and we got to sit down with him before the show and felt like i was levitating after having spoken with him because he's just so connected through the ages to so many different aspects of music and culture and revolution and he's so fucking passionate and fiery and then to see the show the waves that started crashing over me when I really started paying attention I'm so glad we smoked a joint before too because I really kind of had like an ecstatic experience where I got it man yeah 100% I got it being present yeah he talks about that in this interview being present the blue lights were on stage and that kind of noodle was going up and I was like I get it man I get it that's it yeah yeah I felt transported a bit because I wasn't alive during this time and so to hear songs like Ohio live yeah fuck yeah what a fucking encore fuck yeah it was gorgeous, and it was an incredible show. There's also an amazing documentary out about David Crosby called Remember My Name. Um, cannot recommend highly enough, truly, like an incredible picture of who he is now and what he's lived through. The twinkle in his eye and the honesty in his voice yeah. is second to none. He calls bullshit on everything. On fucking everything. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's, he's kind in uh, the best of ways. He's kind because he doesn't fucking suffer any fools. So he has that sort of like that true core of like humility and kindness and compassion. And he also is fucking angry at injustice. And also I do want to plug his new album, Here If You Listen, Glory. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. So check out Here If You Listen as well. Without further ado, you want to get to the interview? Yeah, here is our interview with David Crosby. Magical butter. Magical butter. How much fun is that? Magical butter is the best machine for making all of your edibles at home. Let me ask you... Three questions. Okay. Can I make infused chocolates? Yes. Gummies? Yes. Tinctures? Yes. Oils? Yes. Butter? That was five. (laughs) (laughs) And yes. And you can buy magical ghee 
from MagicalButter.com, and that's Whole30 approved and compliant, so you can infuse your own ghee and then still be on your Whole30 diet. Ooh, that sounds... I'm actually thinking about doing Whole30 again. Well, you should get your Magical Butter machine and get that ghee going. Get that ghee going. Get that ghee going. <laughs> MagicalButter.com. Use promo code Weed and Grub at checkout for 20% off. And check out their Instagram, because it is the sexiest food pics I've ever seen. So go to Mag- at Magical Butter and peep it, follow it, like it, fave it comment (laughs) lick it like it love it they're good vibes all day good people doing good things magicalbutter.com use the promo code weed and grub at checkout give them a follow and make your own edibles at home man why what goes into them and it'll feel so good yeah that should be their tagline yeah magical butter (laughs) you know what goes into it and then you feel good (laughs) (laughs) magicalbutter.com promo code weed and grub at checkout will get you 20 percent off do you still have a boat not anymore Sad story. Streaming. Streaming killed my boat. They don't pay us for, for streaming. It's like you did your gig for a month and they gave you a nickel. No money. Yeah. Cut my income in half. No kidding. Yeah, don't make anything off records or anything. That's incredible. Like, especially with everybody growing up now with streaming. And yeah, they thinking think it's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. They all think it's absolutely wonderful and it's totally shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a musician, it's absolute shit. There's nothing good about it. Well, as an artist, do you feel like a part of the validation of being an artist is getting paid for your art? Somewhat. It's not why we do it, but when you see somebody else making billions with a B of dollars off of your music and not paying you, oh, that pisses you off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that's the situation. I don't know if we want to waste a lot of time on this, but how it happened is this. Uh, the guys who developed the, the technology went to the three main record companies, and they said, listen, we need a better rate. We need a different rate. We need a much, much juicier rate that you can pay us. And um, we, don't, the, we don't want the artists getting all that money. We want to get that money. Mm-hmm. And the record company said, sure, no problem. All you have to do is give us a piece of your company. And they did. And that was that. The record companies, the three main record companies, are making $19 million a day off of streaming. Fuck. Fuck. And we ain't getting it. No. Do you think about how you've seen the music industry evolve? Now we're watching the cannabis industry evolve. And you have the Mighty Cross, which is your cannabis sort of umbrella brand. That's what we want to do, yeah. Do you see any parallels between how the music industry has evolved and how the cannabis industry is slowly becoming more corporate? Not really. The, 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 <clears throat> the analogous situation is the, what happened with the car companies. Do you remember in the 40s and 50s, there used to be 50 car companies? Mm-hmm. Okay? There's four. Companies eat each other, fight each other, fuck each other, do each other, combine, dissolve. But what happens is you wind up with four companies right uh, from 40 yeah. or 400 um that's my phone oh that's your phone yeah <laughs> uh and um sorry no worries what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah bye can we ask who that was assistant uh making sure I was here. Oh, good assistant. Um, so, where was it? The car companies, like the big four. Yeah, okay, so that's, that's what this is more similar to. 
The situation with the pot companies is there's a thousand companies out there who all think they're going to be GM next week. Mm-hmm. Nonsense. What's happening is the winnowing down, the natural winnowing down that takes place with companies in a free market situation like this, it's the Wild West right now. They're absolutely crazy out there. And there's every kind of company and every level of company and every direction that they want to go and every different kind of way to finance that they have. But there's only going to be a handful of them that have a, a the cash, B, the brains, and C, the look down the road. This is a very complex situation. You have to be able to look down the road because the situation as it is now isn't what it's going to be. The situation right now, it's not federally legal. Right. So if you've got weed in a product, you have to make a deal in each state that you want to do that business in. Yeah. And that's a nightmare because they're all totally different and they all don't know what they're doing. They're all winging it. They're all trying and we need to have a law about this and a law about the <laughs> I have no idea. That's a clue. So we're trying to deal with that. Mm-hmm. We're looking at it. And we think it's going to be legal everywhere and soon. We believe that because I digress a little bit here. But, okay, your tax money goes into the federal government, comes down a pipe from the federal government to states to be distributed for health, education, and welfare. Okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. All right. This federal government doesn't want to send money down the pipe to black people, poor people, young people, old people, any people except rich white guys. Okay? And the, the pipe was getting choked off and already. All the states were hurting for money, except California and New York. All the other states were hurting for, for money already. And then we got these clowns in, in Washington, D.C. trying to squeeze the pipe more closed. And they're all looking at Colorado and Oregon who can build a school or a road, or a hospital today. 13 million today went to the homeless problem in, I think, Oregon. Because they have it. Because they have it. Mm -hmm. Because they can spend it. They need a new hospital? They can build a new hospital. They don't even got to go to the bank to do it. Yeah. Now, every state in the union is watching that. Game over. Yeah. They're all going to legalize it because they need that fucking money. That's the truth. They're all going to legalize it, and they're all going to do it right now. Mm-hmm. Even states where it's politically absolutely an anathema, and they don't want to hear anything about it, they're going to do it because they need that money. It's the wrong reason. It's several other better reasons to do it, to legalize it. People shouldn't be going to jail for pot. No. But you Joke. see it going state by state rather than it being federally Is holding us back legalized. right now. Yeah. Going state by state, making a different deal in each state, is making uh, it much more difficult for people to have pot companies. What I have found is that very few of them have any vision down the road at all. Very few of them have any business acumen. Mm-hmm. Very few of them have any real financing. Very few of them have any real brains at the top. There are some bright people involved. And there are companies that look promising. But most of them are going for the short dollar. Most of them are, are taking the approach of like med men, you know, where they're just like frantically grabbing for the buck. Mm-hmm. And where you walk into the MedMen store and you're like assaulted, you know yes. they, tr- they treat you like take a number, carry this, move over here, do that, get this, bye, mm-hmm. goodbye, get out of here, enjoy, nice seeing you, <laughs> hippie groovy. Yeah. After they, you know, but in the meantime they treat you like dogs. They're really not nice, you know. Uh, okay, so we're looking at all of this, trying to see where I can do it. 
complicating factor. Celebrity weed brands didn't work anywhere near what they thought they'd do. Mm-hmm. Snooping and making money. Willie ain't making money. And Willie's is a pretty good product, pretty well packaged. They, they did a good job. Willie's deserve. Looks good. It's yeah. good stuff. Well done. Snoop's not stupid either. No. But it turns out that thing, which we thought was going to be huge, isn't. So that's a problem for me too, because that's what I'm trying to latch on to. It still works. It just doesn't work the way we thought it would. I think in the long run, you will, we will make a deal with somebody who does quality work, has really, really good weed. Has to be really good. Can't be some junk weed. Has to be really good. Has to taste and smell wonderful and get you high. Uh, I think in the long run, there will be. We will make a deal. But we're not in a rush. That's great to hear. Well, most of the people who are trying to do it are frantically trying to get some money coming in this week. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't need money this week. <laughs> <laughs> do you, yeah. you grow your own? Yeah, we do. What do, you, what do you grow? What do you like? Oh, we grow all kinds of stuff. We have, uh, we have seeds we don't even know what they are. Uh-huh. And we have uh, seeds that we got out, out of uh, weed that, that we bought. We have seeds that we bought. Uh, one of the best ones we have is called Gold Leaf, and we bought it as a commercial seed sold in Amsterdam. And it's one of the best uh, plants we have on really good weight. We're, we're very loose about that. My feeling about it, truthfully, and I don't want to bum anybody out or you know, offend anybody, but I think most of what they tell you in the store about this one is, you know, this is blueberry. This comes from this and this. And then this is the history. And it's exactly this. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. When I was in 1970 in Maui, they were growing the best weed in the world. Maui Wowie? Maui Wowie was actually weed that came from Kona. Oh. Kona Gold was weed that came from Maui. <laughs> they did that to each other. <laughs> That's a good stoner trick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it comes from over there. There's none over here. Yeah. It's all over there. Uh, tiptoeing behind. Yeah. But they were growing the seeds from Michoacan that they had gotten. And the best pot in Mexico. And they were growing the best pot in the world. I, I will vouch for it. I was there, and I have been smoking for 50 years, and I pretty much can say that. Yeah. They were growing the best pot in the world. And at that time, real tie sticks showed up. We were just talking about those. Yeah, real tie sticks, the real deal. Big tiger stripey seeds, different smell on the little bamboo sticks. Do you remember the first time you saw Sensamia? Yes. I was the first person in Los Angeles to get it. Whoa. That's how I got Joni Mitchell <laughs> to listened to by everybody. I had wow. the best weed. It also is the reason the Beatles were friends with me. Oh. They came to find you because <coughs> you had the good weed? They, I, had, I had showed them I had good weed in London. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, they liked that a lot. Because uh, they couldn't, you know, they were still at the stage where you're getting hashish and mixing with tobacco. Yeah. So, <laughs> awful. Uh, Do people give you uh, weed and seeds and stuff when you're out on the road? Yeah, all the time. Nice. And uh, and sometimes we you know keep a seed from some. If so there's something good and we find a seed, mm-hmm. you know, well, look what I found. There's a famous strain chem dog that was popped from a seed that was found at a Grateful Dead concert. The lore goes. I'm sure there have got to be strains out there that are found there are at your concerts. Millions. Yeah. And it's part of why I like it. I like the looseness of it. I like the unpredictability of it. I like that we don't know everything. I really like it. It makes it an adventure. Yeah. We're only just finding out what this stuff will do, you know? Has it changed for you 
what it's done? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. I, I always smoked it just to get whacked, you know. Uh, now I, I, I've found that it works better if I don't smoke until the evening, that it works better if I smoke after I do the show. Because mm. when I'm trying to remember the words, it's better if I have all the cells, that, all the brain cells that are still holding hands, that I have them holding hands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I, I smoke every night and I fucking love it. And I smoke all the time and I fucking love it. Fuck I, yes. If I'm not working, I smoke in the daytime even sometimes. But I haven't smoked yet today. Yeah. But because I've got shit to do. Yeah. Have, you know, so. I was watching um, the documentary Remember My Name last night and uh, the footage of you sailing out on the water and how you were talking about how it made you feel really present in the moment with the waves. Do you feel that with cannabis as well, that it keeps you in the moment? It's a completely different experience. Weed, I, it's like a, a lens that I look at other things through. I don't do weed as an end thing. I do it as something that I go through to something else. I get high and then I listen to music. I get high and I make love. I get high and I go look at redwood trees. It's a, a tool rather than an end. Go Is to a museum, it's fun. Yeah. Go to an art museum, real good thing to do stone. You are a rock star, and with mm, that, let's, no. Let's take issue with that. Okay, great. Okay. Here we go. Uh, first place, star isn't a real thing. Star is not a real thing. Star is an, an aggrandizement. Uh, it's like trying to m- make out that that person is bigger than life, and they're not. What I am is a musician. I, I'm a talented musician. I'm lucky. I got a talent for it. Star isn't a real thing. Celebrity isn't a real thing. Star sh- stardom is not a real thing. They are making people bigger than life. And in actual fact, they're not bigger than life. You're just pasting them up there and making them look bigger than life. And uh, the problem is that people buy it. They start buying their own press. <laughs> Everything I say is deathless prose. And God, I'm good looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and then I invented electricity. And right after that, I discovered California. You probably noticed that. <laughs> well, that's bullshit. It's not real. That's why the documentary went the way it did. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. It, it's people blowing themselves up to look bigger than life, and they're not. And it's always bullshit. And it's always in the way of the art. And you've been surrounded by it for I have been decades. surrounded for, for 50 years. Do you feel like you ever bought into it at, at a certain point? Sure. When I was young and we got very big very fast, I bought into it. I thought, well, I deserve this. I'm glorious. Turns out I'm not glorious. Do you remember the moment when you sort of snapped out of it? Yeah, right about the time they closed the cell door. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because you spent a year in jail, right? I did. Prison. Prison. Yeah. You get the impression that your shit isn't working, maybe. You're not quite as smart as you thought. Right. Clang. Got a lot of time to think. All the time in the world. It's a really amazing moment in the documentary when it, they tell the, the story of you going to your boat. And being on your boat and then making the decision to turn yourself in. I'm glad I did. Drugs are all different. That's one of the mistakes the feds are making. It's one of the, the mistakes that the straight world is making. Oh, drugs! As if they were one thing. And they are fucking not. Okay, every single one of them is completely different. The ones that I was doing then, coke and heroin. Destroyers. Death drugs. They kill you. Slow. And they destroy your ability to create art. They destroy your family. They destroy your, your will. They destroy your morals. They destroy everything. Not pot. That's not pot. That's not psychedelics. 
They're completely different animals. It's one of the big mistakes. They have they think pot's the same as heroin. They got it listed that way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a fucking joke. That's like saying blue is green. It's a law. Blue is green. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that changed it. Uh, it's, it's a joke. Bad joke. Speaking about the law and the current people who are making the laws, I know you're incredibly politically active, always have been, and I was wondering about the sort of protest culture and what you see right now in protest of what's happening in the White House and what we need to do in order to change what's happening at the federal level with Trump. Well, it's two different things. What we need to do is take control of Congress. Reason being that global warming is real. Mm. And we can't deal with it until we get Mitch McConnell out of Congress and until we get Trump out of the White House because they're short-sighted people. Aside from everything else that's wrong with them, they're very short-sighted people. They're focused on immediate money, immediate uh, gain for me, gain. What if I get right now? We have to change that. One of the reasons I'm being as politically active as I'm being. I'm right now trying to put together a, a registered to vote gig with several huge acts mostly to try and get young people to vote. And it's very difficult because they're seeing a broken democracy right in front of them. You, you say that great line out of AA, you know, it works if you work it. Well, that's what I'm trying to sell them on democracy. Uh, and they're looking at a broken one. And you try to sell them, that, no, this is the best way we've got to live together under the rule of law. And they're saying it ain't working. And it's pretty hard to argue with that, because it isn't. It can work. It does work if you let it. We have to fix it. But it can be fixed if we control Congress. We have to get it back. That's the politics of it. I've been political for a long time, man, because there were obvious things. I don't like racism. I never have. So we've been working on the side of equality there for a long time. I don't like it that women are one half of the human race and don't have one half of the power. You invited us to take over in your uh, tiny desk Goddamn performance. Right. We did. Uh, well, you couldn't do any worse. Hello? <laughs> uh, it, you know, we say that to, uh, you know, as theater, but I don't want you to take over. I just want women to have half the power because you know what will happen. It'll be better. Yeah. Way better. All the women I know don't really feel the need for another battleship. They don't really, we don't, no, I don't think we need another bomber. That's a, an old technology. Bombing is like not really, I know you'd love to have one. It'd be really great. You get to ride around in it, but we don't really need it. Women are going to want a school. They're going to want welfare. They're going to want health care. They're going to want the shit that actually makes your life better. So yeah, women. There's okay. some I, and, and it's not just them. I, I want it to be an equal society. I want the dream of democracy, the way it's supposed to work. It works. When it works, it works just fine for me. Uh, the guys who want to cheat are always going to try to rig the election, are always going to try to gerrymander the, the voting. They're always going to try to get the power because power gets them goodies. I can have a Cadillac. I'm like get late. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. I have a new suit. Honey, you think I'm good looking now? They're just a joke. They're not looking to help anybody. The way it stands now, though, isn't just 
that it's wrong and we want to make it right. It's that it's headed for a cliff and we want to stop it. No, I don't think most of the people in the country really understand that or believe it. It's oh. hard for them to do math above counting to 10. Mm-hmm. You've got an awful lot of very stupid people, and they're being misinformed regularly. <laughs> yeah. Koch brothers poured $80 million into this lie, $100 million into that lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and the situation's grim. I'll give an example. We knew the ice was going to melt, and, the, and we knew that if it re- did it at the rate we think it's doing it, we get sea level rise. Yeah, okay, that all makes sense. I don't think we took into account that we lost all that reflectivity of white on the top reflecting sunlight back. See? I've never heard of this. That's interesting. Well, an object has what they call an albedo. That's its measuring of its reflectivity, Okay. The planet has an albedo. It has a certain reflectivity that bounces sunlight back. Okay, that's clouds, white. It's ice, white. It's snow, white. It's, av- it's mountains that are covered with snow, white. They'll reflect back. Dirt doesn't reflect back. It absorbs, hmm. right? So the less white you have, hey, like black car in a white car in a parking lot, which one gets hot? Yep, black car. That's, that's all the science you need to understand global warming. Wow. It's right there. Yeah. We're putting carbon in the air. It changes the albedo. We accept more sunlight. It gets warmer. That's going to kill us. The younger generation does seem to be listening, though. They're listening to Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell you that. I love that girl. Her sail across the North Atlantic must have really appealed Thrilled to your me. heart. That's a race boat. Yeah. I know exactly what they did. And they were hauling ass, too. Yeah. They, they got across the ocean about the same amount of time as the Queen Mary does. Wow. And the Queen Mary does 20 knots. It was thrilling. <laughs> they were hauling ass. And it was great to see her arrive in New York and be welcomed by AOC. Be uh, welcomed by a whole shitload of people yeah. <laughs> who were really thrilled. She's a very brave girl and, uh, and a very, you know, sometimes, man, uh, autism is an, a, a superpower. Because it allows her to just look you right in the eye with that intensity and say, the house is on fire. Mm. I'm not kidding. And I think we should go outside now and maybe figure out how to put out the fire. Huh? Good idea, huh? And you can't look away because she's looking right into you. She's not afraid to look into you. She's, she doesn't have filters. The truth is, ta-da, and I'm going to say it. And you don't like it, and I don't care. <laughs> and you love that. I fucking love her. Yeah. She's a wonderful girl. And she's doing something great. A lot of the kids I know don't think we're going to make it. You surround yourself with young people. As much as I possibly can. Is that what you're hearing from them? The kids that I know, many of them, do not think we are going to make it. <sighs> That's heavy. Yeah. I know young people. Who, I just asked a young lady this morning, young woman that I know. So are you guys going to have kids? And she said, I don't think so. Yeah. Started crying. It's a great grief. It's what she had dreamed of. Family. Now she doesn't think her children have got a shot. That's some grim shit. Yeah. I don't know how to, how to fix that. I'm trying, you know, because like, I can't just roll over and put my legs in the air. I have to do something. And I'm having a good time with my life, and I want them to have a good time with their lives. You know, I just, we got to do something. So I'm doing what I can. I, I don't know if it's going to make it. 
You got to remember that if even if we can convince people in America and Sweden and France and Germany and to do it, what about Nigeria? And India and China and What do you mean we can't have that generator? It's the only electricity we got. Sorry. No fossil fuels. We fucked but, it up. <laughs> but but we got to have the generator. Sorry. Well, that's not going to go over big. Yeah. Trying to lift the human race, you got to lift everybody. The whole bunch. And that, I don't know if we can pull off. There are plenty of countries that are ruled by dictators or oligarchies where it's not convenient for them to do that. You know, do you think that, that whoever's running Arabia is going to say, eh, we got to move away from fossil fuels? If we find a better option. One that makes them rich? I doubt it. Right. Hmm. No, they're going to fight it. So are all the people who have standard oil stock. Yeah. They don't want to believe it because it shorts their end. Maybe we can just give them all some acid. Uh, <laughs> and they'll see the go. connection to the what world. What I always wanted to do was, <laughs> was I had a whole plan. I was going to get into Congress somehow as, a, as an air conditioning team, working on the air conditioners and have some welding equipment, only that those tanks were full of LSD? You betcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pop that into the air conditioning system. See what happens with, to the, all those guys in Congress. Have cameras on them. See what happens. They start taking off their clothes and pretending they're a chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of you just see a corner and everybody's hugging and swaying and just kind of like crying a bit and saying, I love you. I couldn't hug Mitch McConnell. Mm, no. Not naked, especially. No, especially. Maybe if he was on LSD. Maybe not. No. Nah. <laughs> I wish I had a magic wand. I, I say that. I, I, if I had a magic wand, I'd make him into a real turtle. Bam. <laughs> Be fun. Do you right now have sort of like a, a happy place that you go to to recover from tour? When I first get off tour, I become the couch that burped. <laughs> <laughs> you have a ginger snap and just yeah. blob on the couch? Uh, nice. Out cold. Uh-huh. Uh, after a while, I get some sleep and I come back up. And then uh, my happy place is my family. And uh, and we have a pretty simple life. You know, we, we grow a lot of our own food and we grow our own pot and we take care of our animals and we pretty happy. Uh, they don't like it that I go on the road, you know, but that's what I got to do to make a living, especially now. That's the only way I got I don't think I can do it too much longer because I can't sleep on the bus anymore. So it's real hard on me. Do you have a favorite animal at home? Well, all of them. Yeah. yeah. All of them. Uh, we, the dogs. You know, we have we have three really crazy dogs. They're wonderful. Yeah. You know what dogs are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if it puts its paws on your shoulder or your lap, that's over. They're good, you know. They're yeah. just essentially good beings. And uh, I love them. I love them a lot. Do you have like a comfort meal that you like to eat when you go home to sort of? My wife is a genius cook. Store. Mm-hmm. Okay, an absolute freaking genius. Yeah. So she has a number of things that we love. Uh, my son, when he was on the road with me, we would we would do food porn in the bus. <laughs> the Chinese chicken salad. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Chinese chicken salad. Oh, huh? she makes the she makes a garlic chicken salad. That's the best thing on earth. Oh. She makes what she's famous for is salsa. She makes the best salsa on the planet. Is it like a pico de gallo style or? It's um, about twenty different ingredients, 
uh, it's really ripe tomatoes and, and three kinds of onions and three kinds of peppers and a bunch of different stuff, secret stuff. But it's really, really wonderful salsa. The best I've ever had. Do you write when you smoke? Or do yeah. you smoke when you write? Yeah. 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 And all those songs, those are all, all came from stuff. No kidding. If you liked them, I wrote them stoned. Yeah. <laughs> well, we listen to them stoned, so. This is how I do it. You know, I, we have dinner. We have dinner together. And uh, making the dinner is kind of a mutual thing. We have fun with that. And then we have dinner. And then I go in the bedroom and I build a fire. We got a big old stone fireplace that my son and I got all the stones for. It. And uh, build a fire. And then I smoke a, uh, oh, I vape, you know. Uh, oh, no so kidding. Well, I vape some flowers. And so I get high. And then I take a guitar off the wall. In actually, I have like five guitars in the bedroom. They're all in different tunings. And I take one of them, any one of them, and I start fooling around, stoned. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about being stoned is you get hung up. And you're hung up doing something really fun that feels really good, and you're exploring. And so you're in a different tuning, and you fool around, you put your finger there, and you go, hmm, that's, what if I, hmm, ooh, that's good. And then until you find something you really like, and then you hit the phone. Mm. Sing it in there, tap it, and go exploring again. Mm-hmm. Well, I do that for hours. And I get pieces. I get songs started, and then I start working out the music of a song. The words thing, that's the harder part. Joni told me a wonderful thing. When she was my old lady, when one day she said, write that down. I said, write what down? She said, what you just said. I said, what did I just say? <laughs> she said, I don't... You said something really good, and you do that all the time, and it's really frustrating. You don't write it down. If it, you don't write it down, it didn't happen. Bing! Light bulb goes off. If I, what did you say? <laughs> if I don't write it down, it didn't happen. Just let me write that down. And since that day, I write everything fucking down. If I get four words in a row I like, mm-hmm. I write them down. Because what happens is later... You look at it and you go, oh, that, that leads to, hmm. And, okay, well, those two things, mm, and that's okay. And then it could go, boom, you're off and running. So you take it from anywhere. You take any inspiration from anywhere. You listen to a great record. I was listening to this thing, I'm With Her. You know about them? I'm with her now. Sarah Giroux, Sarah Watkins, and I, uh, and I. Uh, Aoife O'Donovan, three stunner singer, folk singers, right? Have a group together called I'm With Her. I, they, had, they got a new record out. I was listening to it, and it just freaked me out. It was so good. And I immediately went and, and started trying to do something, you know, that would, that would work the way that this particular song did. I'm, I listen to a lot of shit. I listen to world music. I listen to classical music. I listen to a lot of jazz. I listen to a ton of blues. I listen to every singer-songwriter I can find. And what happens is I find good stuff, but I have to go through a lot of shit to find it. Mm. I found a guy that I swear to God, this guy's going to drag country music kicking and screaming into this century, Jason Isbell. Man, get the guy right. He writes really good stuff, really good words. First country guy I've run into that can actually really write good words. I found those three ladies I told you about. Mm-hmm. I'm with her. I found, got three... British girls, what do they call themselves? The 
the staves. It's unbelievable. I found three Canadian girls who go by the, the name Au Pair, the Au Pairs. But they go O and then P-E-A-R. Hmm. That's great. Au Pairs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're wonderful singers. I look around a lot. Michael Leake. Michael Leake is the bass player and composer and band leader for a jazz band called Snarky Puppy. I like that name. They're getting pretty famous now. Mm-hmm. They're really fucking good. Michael League was doing a benefit record. He found out that I was talking about Snarky Puppy. I was saying, God, listen to this band. They're so fucking, this. listen to compo- composing on it. He calls me up and he says, listen, you know, it's really kind of you what you're saying about our band. It's really wonderful. And, uh, and I've got a question I want to ask you. And I said, the answer is yes. He said, I haven't asked it yet. I said, I know, but the answer is yes. He said, well, I said, you're going to, he says, how do you know what I'm going to ask you? I said, you did a benefit record. You're about to do another benefit record. Do you want me to on it? And he said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, the answer is yes. So I went down to New Orleans to work with him on it. And he introduced me to Becca Stevens and Michelle Willis. These are two of the most startling singer-songwriters I've ever encountered in my life. They're beyond belief good. Absolutely beyond belief good. And uh, so he and I and those two girls formed the Lighthouse Band. We did, we've done two records now. Killer. Killer fucking records. Last one's called Here If You Listen. Mm -hmm. And it's stunningly fucking good. Uh, Glory. Glory. Holy shit. (laughs) We wrote that together. Yeah? Fuck, man. It's good. (laughs) It's It's really fucking good. I love it. I really love it. And And it's mostly a love song to my wife. You know, so is Boot on a Hill. Mm. Uh, uh, that's the kind of luck I've had. Michael Leake and introducing me to those group girls. Michelle is also in this band, in the, the electric band that you're going to hear tonight. You are going to stick around. Yeah. Be stupid if you didn't. I'd be <laughs> really pissed if you don't. I'll be back. Becca's from, from the Carolinas and is just the most startling writer I've run into. She's beyond belief. Uh, and uh, Michelle is from Toronto and she's in both my bands, which should tell you what I think. Yeah. Wait till you hear this girl sing. She's incredible. Oh my God. She's way better singer than I am. Way better. She's really good. Uh, and that's what's happened to me. I go out into the world now and I, I'm, I stay open for that mm-hmm. because I keep running across young people who, by the way, are having a terrible time getting a career started because they can't make anything off the fucking records because of fucking screaming yeah it's making it way more difficult to break into this thing yeah. way more and these are kids who are still driving 180 miles to go to a gig playing to 80 people getting just enough money to put gas in the van load the van buy a cheeseburger for everybody and drive 180 miles to the next 80 people and they are never getting a leg up on it because they can't make anything off the fucking records not that i have a bone up my ass about this <laughs> oh no I'm just really pissed, man. I, I loved my boat. Yeah. It was the single physical object in my life that I loved the most ever. What transcends the physical object level of, of being so drastically. It was such a beautiful thing, and it did such beautiful things in the world. And I miss it so bad, man. What was the name of your boat? Mayan, M-A-Y-A-N. M-A-Y. Oh. Oh. Like Mayan Indians. Yeah. Yeah. It, normally, I would... You don't change boat names. It's bad luck. So I would have called it, you know, something else, you know. Hippie dream. <laughs> sure. You know, something. I, but 
That was the name. Did you grow up sailing? Or did I you did, learn? Yeah. yeah. I've been sailing since I was 11. Both yeah. of you. Unbelievable. Oh, no, she I worked on an Alaskan fishing boat as a cook. Yeah, I cooked That's a hard Alaska deal. For a while. It was great. Bering Sea? Uh, no, out of uh, Southeast Ketchikan. Still beat the shit out of you. It was good. <laughs> yeah. I got some good muscles. Yeah. That's hard work. Yeah. Real fucking hard work. <laughs> you're holding a knife and you're just oh, unbelievable we're wrapping up yeah we, we, we want to hear the sound check happening in the background yeah it's been I so don't incredible know to what to say thank except you. thank you so much it's a pleasure yeah um, thank you so excited to see the show and uh I you will love it playing a bunch of cool dates coming up red rocks that's gotta With be jason a, that's gotta be a great venue i'm opening for him wow that's how he that's how fast he grew do I you like that guy, venue man. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. It's yeah. the prettiest venue in the country. Yeah. There's some other great ones. SPAC is a great one. Uh, that's Saratoga Performing Arts Center. Uh, this is a beautiful theater. Santa Barbara Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a stunner. And there's a few really, really great gigs. It's interesting you say those over something like Woodstock or something like a huge it's festival. Yeah. Big isn't good. Huh. I think that's Jagger. The, the one way with a scarf. <laughs> I think the guy with a scarf is Jagger. No. How much did you pay for that water? $12 for that water? <laughs> and yeah. I paid 300 to stand here in this parking lot? I think that's Jagger. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You're fucking right. Yeah. You don't know what Jagger feels about what he's fucking doing. He's waving a scarf at you because you're 300 yards away. Mm-hmm. You'll never know what he's thinking. You'll never see his face. You don't know what he, how, what he feels about what he's singing. I like this size. You can, you get can that. take people with you. Yeah. You can take them on a voyage with you. Man, it's my job. It's what I want to do. We'll be up close tonight. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>